Another Republican debate, another classic Mandatory Samson recap. Joe, you pumped about it? Yes, I am. Good. You should be. Stay tuned. You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Very serious. Welcome, everyone, to the most mandatory Samson podcast on earth. My name is Chris Flannery, and I'm being joined by the greatest friend a guy can have, Mr. Joey Noe. Well, thank you, Chris. You're welcome. Are you happy to be here? Um, Yes. Over the moon, this kid. He's he's freaking out. He's so happy. Shelby doing the production work. Hey, Shelbs. How you doing? How you doing? All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the program. Couple updates and developments at the top, and then we are going to dive headlong into the GOP debate recap. Did you watch the debate, Joey? Are you excited about I it? I did watch the debate, and I can't wait for your take on it. Oh, wow. This, you know what? This is like a little bit of a love fest at the beginning of the episode. I really enjoy it. It should always be a love fest. I totally agree with you. I also understand that you have a fuck-up of the week prepared. Yes, I do. I wasn't sure whether we were going to get to it. I think we should get to it because you told me what it was before we started. I I am excited about it. Uh, We also have one of those literary review bad sex and fiction things. Might not have time to get to that this week, but we'll figure it out. Little housekeeping at the top of the show. Next week is Christmas. The week after is New Year's. We will be recording on Tuesday for the next two weeks because obviously Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve falls on Thursday. We're not going to be here. We're not going to be recording. So just... Putting that out there to the Samsonites so they know what's Tuesdays. going on. Tuesdays. Yes, Tuesdays. Tuesdays instead of Thursdays. Tuesdays at 4. There's a Democratic debate this Saturday, December 19th, which I'll be watching. We'll probably do a nice recap of that on the next episode. The one after that, send some emails. You know, that, that'll be a good one because we're trying to, like, you know, stretch out a little bit towards the end of the year here. There might not be a ton of stuff to talk about, but if you guys have different questions or different ideas that you want to put out there, send all the emails you can. They'll they'll be on the last episode of the year. It'll actually be New Year's Day. I think they'll be out. Nice. Uh, and you're going to do a year in review. Is this correct? Year in the review. All the crazy stuff that happened in 2015, the good, the bad, sad, and the pleasant. No. Okay. I didn't know where you were going with that, but very good. Yeah, so look forward to that. Joe will be doing a year in review. Listen to me. Go on SoundCloud.com slash Mandatory Samson. Subscribe to the podcast. YouTube.com slash Mandatory Samson. You can watch this show stream live every Thursday at 4 p.m., except for the next two weeks. It'll be on Tuesday at 4 p.m. <laughs> and you can watch all the old uh, episodes that we've done, the full episode video. It's a great place to go. Also, ComedyVoices.com. You can listen to the show on there. Uh, and you can check out a bunch of the other shows that are going on under the Comedy Voices umbrella, UCB podcasts, uh, different sports stuff, everything we're doing here at Lab. So it's like a really good place to go to, you know, maybe listen to some stuff that you've never heard before, right? It's a yep. good place to go. Shout out to all the Samsonites talking to me on Snapchat. Sorry, I had a very busy week. I lost track of some of the names of the people that I was I was doing. I usually oh, write it down. Boo. I, I agree. I know. I, I feel bad about boo. it, but I do love it i love talking to you guys i really appreciate it. a lot of people sending me snaps of like them listening to the show or being yeah. like hey i got my mom listening to it she's a samsonite great that's awesome i love it uh ts the drummer on, yes on snapchat this is one i did write down he says what is kingdom hearts and why are there three of them oh my god what yeah he doesn't, he doesn't i don't know. know kingdom hearts no okay so 
uh, Square Enix, which used to be Squaresoft, uh, okay. did Final Fantasy. So they came up with this idea where you're going to take characters from the Final Fantasy universe and merge them with characters from Disney. That's what, oh, that's what Kingdom Hearts is. Yes, it's a love fest between two franchises. Oh, so you love that. And there hasn't been a third. Technic- well, there's been many, like, there was one game, two games, and then they did, like, 2.5, 2.6. Right, right. They did, like, cheesy remakes and added a few things. There hasn't been a fully third game yet. Okay. Which is going to come out for PS4. So you're telling me, and you're telling TS the drummer, that yes. this is Disney characters. Yes. Plus Final Fantasy characters. Yes. Romping around together in a video game. Exactly. And you seem very excited yes. about that. Okay. Jack Pumpkin King, bro. All right. Well, see, now now we're going to get another snap. Like, what is Jack <laughs> Pumpkin King? Okay. So anyway, so there you go. That's what Kingdom Hearts 3 is. Thank you, Joey, for the explanation. Do you want to get into a couple of the things that I had before we get into the, uh, the debate stuff? Or do you want to do your fuck up of the week? Because... It's a good one, I think. I feel like smashing the fuck up in between uh, the updates and the debate. Perfect. Okay. Let's start off with this. Marine Le Pen and Front National, which we talked about last week, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. where the ultra-right-wing group, after garnering 28% of the vote in the first round of regional elections in France, uh, they failed to win any regions in the second round of voting over the weekend. Surprising. It is surprising, and it's good. I have a quote from Marine Le Pen, and then we'll get into it a little bit. She says, But while it, Front National, has been winning more and more votes in each election since 2011, it's iso- Oh, no, 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 excuse me. This isn't Marine Le Pen's quote. This is a quote about, about her. About her. But, while, but while Front National has been winning more and more votes in each election... Uh, each election? Since, Jesus. Would I can't you want to take it, a Joey? break and have some Polish yeah. seltzer there? Yes, thank you. Please Polish do. seltzer, champagne, strawberry. It's a wonderful winter flavor. Polish seltzer since 1882. Please sponsor us. I love you so. Let me take a little sip, yes. and then we're going to get back to it. So seconds of silence. Okay. God, that's refreshing. All right. But while it, Front National, has been winning more and more votes in each election since 2011, its isolation in France's politics means it cannot strike the alliances it would need to win major constituencies. So it failed once more on Sunday to turn growing popularity into power. Now, I like that, that sentence. And I like that idea. And the reason why I like it is because of somebody named Donald Trump. Mm. he's getting a lot of attention. It seems like he has a lot of power and it seems like he's just going to run away with the election. However, mm-hmm. what happens when we get to Iowa and when people actually have to pull a lever and vote for somebody? That's what this seems says to me. You can get out there and you could say a bunch of stuff and people are going to go, yeah, fuck, blah, 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 you know, and they can mm-hmm. get on board with it for a little while. But when it comes to actually putting people in power, I just don't see it happening. And I think that we're seeing what happened to Front National, who got 28% of the vote, and it seemed like they were going to run away with everything, and they got nothing. Well, what are your thoughts about that? I, I find it interesting. One thing I did like what they did to kind of hurt the uh, Front National Party yeah. was the fact that the Socialist Party stepped down and withdrew candidates and urged their supporters to vote for the former Nicholas Sarkozy. Right. The former uh, president, yeah. Yes. So I thought that was very interesting. It is interesting, and this is, I, I had, it's a great point to bring up. I had a, a note here, which meanwhile, I'd rather the, the socialists don't step down to let, you know, a conservative guy like Sarkozy get in. However, he's better than a, a, like a far right party. Yes. And if the socialists know that they're not going to win power on their own, right, they can consensus build. And that was what I wrote there. 
that's what I like about European style government and different things like this, because it's not just two parties. You have to work with two, three, four other parties to get things done. And it actually, in some ways, makes it easier because you have a bunch of different voices and you're not just going, Joey's the Republican, I'm the Democrat, he's bad, we're great. Like, it makes everything very black and white and stark if you have a bunch of opinions out there. You get different flavors, you can pull different policies together, there's a lot you could do with it. Absolutely, and you have to do it. That's the nature of the beast. You're not just going to get a right-wing, very rigid ideology and to a certain extent the democrats are kind of a rigid ideology as well but in this country it's like it's gridlock because there's only two parties in this situation you you have a bunch of different parties coming to the table to uh make different things happen that's pretty much it i just wanted to put that out there it's a little update to what we were talking about and we'll see where it goes paris climate deal the copenhagen 21 it was like a big deal over the weekend nearly 200 countries including china the united states russia saudi arabia and more agreed to a number of that doesn't sound like 200 well those are the you know those are the big ones the big ones i mentioned yeah there's you know there really was 200 countries there or just about uh they agreed to a number of lofty climate related benchmarks limiting global temperature rise to below two degrees celsius which is about just a little under 4 degrees Fahrenheit, 3.6 degrees, while attempting no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. So th- that's that's kind of a lofty goal. People were surprised a little bit to hear that that was the, the goal that they were trying to get to because anything above 2 degrees Celsius is going to be an absolute disaster. The, the amount of sea level rise and mm-hmm. temperature and everything, it's going to be a real big problem. Elements of the deal, and, th- and this is the thing, I have Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton quotes, Okay, just so we can contrast them, see what they're saying about it, because elements of the deal relating to emissions and climate finance, pr- finance provisions, meaning the wealthier states were going to pledge to give hundreds of billions of dollars to like poorer countries that are going to be much more affected by climate change mm-hmm. to try to get their economies going so they can actually combat some of the stuff also, you know, it's like bringing them to the table. These provisions by individual countries are not binding, according to the, according to the deal. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So what? So that's not a deal then? No, it is because it's giving initiative, right? For there to be something done, and when the push comes to shove, it's not going to push. Yeah, but th- this is the th- this, but that's but that's what I'm saying. So like they get together. Yes, it's good that they all came together. It's good that they set these benchmarks. However. On a country by country basis, if the United States is just like, you know what, forget it, we need to pollute more this year or whatever, you know, obviously that's a stupid sentence, but like. There was it, no way, there is no way to enforce it. Like, how would you, what, everybody signs a deal when the 199 other countries, like, there's no way to enforce you're it. You're right. There is actually no mechanism. Right. The, the mechanism is, ah, oh, fuck, we, we ruined the planet. <laughs> that's it. Now, now it's too late. Oh, we signed this. We promised. Oh. My bad. Right. No, you're right. Unless there's that. You, you're, you're right. There probably is no real mechanism to make people do it. But I guarantee if the United States and China want Lithuania to do something, we'll make them do it. You know what I mean? But there's nobody that's going to force the United States or China or the bigger countries to do anything. Uh, it's frustrating. But, but good, at least they came together to try to do something and it puts it out there. Quotes from Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Bernie Sanders says, and this is the difference between the two of them. Again, yeah. like, this is why I, I bring this up. Uh, Bernie Sanders says, while this is a step forward, while this is a step forward, it goes nowhere far, <laughs> near far enough. 
The planet is in crisis. We need bold action in the very near future, and this does not provide that. In the United States, we have a Republican Party, which is much more interested in contributions from the fossil fuel industry than they care about the future of the planet. This is true all over the globe. We've got to stand up to the fossil fuel industry and fight for national and international legislation that transforms our energy system away from fossil fuels as quickly as possible. So that's a pretty strong retort from yes. Bernie Sanders. This is Hillary Clinton. This is, again, the difference, and this is why she's probably going to win and he's not going to win. The Paris Agreement is a testament to America's ability to lead the world in building a clean energy future where no one is left out or left behind. And it was made possible in part by every person, business owner, and community in the United States and around the world that stepped up to prove we don't have to choose between growing our economy and protecting our kids' health and future. We can do both. But we will only succeed if we redouble our efforts going forward to drive innovation, increase investment, and reap the benefits of the good-paying jobs that will come from transform transitioning to a clean en- energy economy. You know what she did there? What, Joe? She took a donut and she glazed it. Wow. <laughs> Jesus, you came strong with like the analogies and different things that you're saying today. Yeah, I mean, right. The difference is Bernie Sanders sees it and rightly or wrongly goes... We can do better. Yeah, this isn't going to do anything. This this seems like something that we can all kind of like, you know, slap each other's ass and like be proud of, but it's not really accomplishing the goal of of stemming this completely because it doesn't get at the root of the problem. She comes at it from different things. She goes, "Wow, look what we did. Mm-hmm. We can still do more. We got to d- do twice as much." That's what redouble means. But this is great, you know. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting stuff. Now, okay, how do you enforce it? How do you enforce the stuff in the, the deal? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's the question. I, the, it has to be enforced. The, the, here, here's, here's how it has to be done. Mm-hmm. The United States, China, Saudi, you know, oil-producing countries, or Russia, whatever, the major players in the, in the global economy and, you know, the people that are contributing the most to pollution and carbon emissions, they need to, the leadership, I mean, needs to look at the situation and go, this is dire. When it gets to the point where they understand that, then you don't need anybody to hold their feet to the fire. They'd be able to do something about it. It seems like they're not taking it as seriously as I take it, or it comes mm-hmm. across to me and like the stuff that you read about climate change and you get from the scientists, that this is like a, an urgent problem that if we don't start turning the tide backwards this, this time, it's, not, not, it's going to be too late. We're going to cross a barrier. There is no real mechanism by which to, hold, to, to force the United States to do anything. There just isn't. And that, and that is the, the reality of the situation. I don't think there is a way to hold them to it. Unless they go, wow, we're really going to be screwed if we don't stop doing all this stuff. It's just not going to happen. See, in this case, what, what I would suggest, crazy, but UK ate uh, one currency... Mm-hmm. And that way, everybody would have to put money towards it or something. And if you, you know, did the good job, then you get extra money to help build the country or something. Like it works yeah. for the poor countries. It doesn't work for the superpowers. Right. Well, I mean, kind of what you're talking. I mean, I understand what you mean about like a one currency. We don't technically need that because we have such a. It's a global economy. All currency is one currency. Like, of course, there's different, you know, it's valued differently. There's different interest rates in different countries. But basically, if the global economy collapses, it's going to fuck everybody's currency. So we, for all intents and purposes, we have the same currency because we're all dealing on a global scale. Um, Again, look, this is the the interesting problem that climate change presents because 
There isn't anything. There is nothing out there that says we can't destroy ourselves at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing that nobody is saying that. Definitely, it's possible. I think it's possible that we can underestimate the problem, continue along the same path, and humankind can get wiped out. I don't think there's anything preventing that. Once that becomes something that is just undeniable and there's pressure from all over the place from the, the citizenries of all these countries. Then we will see change. Yeah, but at that, that point, it might be too late because I think a lot of people, especially in the United States, don't even think that climate change is a real thing, let alone a problem that we need to tackle and whatever. The longer that goes, the worse the problem is going to get. You get 20 years down the road, 25 years from now, if, if like serious reforms aren't made, we're done. Like You won't be able to turn it around. Certainly, your kid's generation will suffer, and there's going to be millions of people displaced, which, again, compounds a lot of other problems, mm-hmm. terrorism and all this stuff. Which is why Bernie Sanders says it's a it's a national security issue. Absolutely, I mean it's national security from the pers- you know from the perspective of if there's no nation left because it's underwater, we're not going to be yeah. here. But again, it causes a lot of turmoil in the world, and turmoil is where you get bad ideology from. I don't know, Joey. We're just going to have to see what happens. I like to believe that because they're all there, they all agree to the stuff. They're going to try to you know be game and, and and try to bring the emissions down. Again, part and parcel with that is regulation on corporations that are putting out, you know, carbon emissions and things mm-hmm. like this. You got to crack down on them. Whether that happens or not remains to be seen. In the United States, it's a difficult uphill climb because there's obviously one party that is in the pocket of the, you know, the 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 oil industry, and the and the Democrats are complicit in a lot of ways as yeah. well. So we'll just see what happens. I have a Fox News poll. Why don't we do the fuck up of the week? I'll do the poll, and then we'll just get into the uh, the debate, debate recap. Okay. Yeah. So, for the first time ever, we yeah. have an individual who has not only received fuck up of the week once, but twice. Wow, rare honor. Yes. Back in MSP 48, the great Martin Shaquille. Nope. Shaquille. Nope. I don't think it's. I don't think Shaquille? that's right. I think it's Martin Screlly. Screlly. Yeah. Screlly. Well. <laughs> who raised the cost of the drug diramapam okay. by the cost of five thousand from thirteen fifty to seven hundred fifty a pill? Turns out thirteen thousand percent. No, five thousand percent. Five thousand percent. Yeah, it was thirteen dollars and fifty cents originally to seven hundred and fifty dollars a pill. That seems reasonable. I mean, we talked about it at yes, the time. I mean, he's he's got to eat. Turns out that yesterday, morning federal authorities arrested him for securities fraud for his time spent at the biopharmaceutical company. Retrupin. Retrupin. So he, okay. Uh, he uh-oh. was CEO. Yeah. He is charged with illegally taking stock from the company and using the payoff debts from unrelated <laughs> business dealings. Sure. Also, he paid some investors through fake consortium agreements. Right. Basically playing a shell game after his hedge company, MSMB Capital Management, lost millions. MSP Capital? No. MSMB. Uh, okay. Nice plug, though. Thanks. He was replaced as CEO because of serious concerns about his conduct. Right. Well, and clearly the guy is like, take all the business stuff out of the equation. You, you hear him talk, the stuff he says. He's just like a little douche. You know, like yeah. he's not, a, he's not a, a guy that you'd want to spend time around at all. He's like obviously like a little weasel man. So his current, uh, current company, the stock fell by, uh, the value of the company fell by 50%. What is it, Turing or whatever? Turing Pharmaceuticals or something like that? <clears throat> well, now it's uh, Calobas. Uh, it's K A L O B I O S. So, Calo- okay. 
No, right, well, whatever. I don't know. So he basically lost twenty five million. <laughs> well, he, and he's going to go to jail probably, right? Yes. I mean, obviously he did it. <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt. Like you, you hear this guy talk and you see the shit he does. Like he definitely he did, did. allegedly, but he definitely did. He was also only recently in the news because he bought the only copy of Wu Tang's new album right. "Once Upon a Time in Shalon for two million dollars. Shaolin, right? Shaolin. He's Shaolin. a uh, yeah. He also tried to bail Bobby Shmurda out of jail, apparently, but I, I don't know what ended up happening with that. He's just a tool. Like this guy is just somebody that he. If you look at pictures of him, mm-hmm. he's just somebody that thinks like because I have all this money, like. I'm. I deserve everything. It's like no, you're not cool. Nothing you do is cool. You know the. Only, you, you're just not a cool guy. So virtually, you look at him and you see a rat. Yeah, he's like a little weasel person. That's weasel. exactly what he is. Yeah, he thinks because he bought the the fucking Wu Tang album and you know, he tried to get Bobby Schmurda out of jail. What people are gonna like him all of a sudden? Like, no, you just you're kind of a dickhead. He's a bigger dickhead than Trump is. Ooh. I'm going out on a limb. Shelby thoughts. <laughs> Shelby's thinking about it. Martin Shkreli, bigger dickhead than Donald Trump? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Donald Trump on a larger scale, but Shkreli, he's uh, pretty reprehensible. Yeah, apples to apples, right. I mean, Trump has probably more you know, potential to have power than Shkreli, <laughs> but di- dickheads nonetheless. Uh, what else you got, Jay? That is all. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. I, congratulations to Martin Shkreli for winning the, uh, the fuck up of the week two times. That's two very times. impressive. We should have a little leaderboard uh, set up somewhere. Um. Yeah, we'll keep our eye on that. I mean, I, I got to feel like that guy's going to jail at some point. He's yes. definitely done something uh, shady. Um. All right. Very good, Joey. Thank you. Let's do this. I'm just going to read you some of these poll numbers. This mm-hmm. was pre-debate, December 14th, the day before the debate. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about that, and then we're just going to do a little, um, you know, GOP debate recap. You'll explain my note t- taking and stuff like that. I like yes. how you did it last time. Okay. Fox News poll, December 14th, in Iowa, which is the first vote in the primary process. Ted Cruz, in first place at 28%. Shocking. It is, it is surprising. I wouldn't say shocking, but it's, it's surprising because it's a big bump up the polls. Trump in second place at 26. Rubio in third place at 13. Carson at 10. He really fell from grace. He hasn't done a lot. Yeah. At all. And I thought he had a poor debate performance. We'll get into that. Bush and Rand Paul coming in at five and six, respectively. They're both at 5%. So that's interesting going into the debate. I think, before we get into any of it, I think Cruz did a nice job at this debate. Okay. You know, I have some notes that we'll get into, obviously, but just straight up, I think Cruz did a nice job. On the opposite side, Clinton, 50%, Sanders, 36%, O'Malley, 5 why doesn't O'Malley just get out? He's just wasting money, right? Get out, be Hillary's running mate. That's probably what's going to happen, possibly. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's over. I think. Well, yeah. I'll watch the debate on Saturday. It's not going to be as crazy a, a recap as we're about to do on the Republican side because there's just not as much to talk about. Hillary's going to win. There might be there might be a surprise showing. Yeah, we'll see. No, of course I'm going to watch it definitely, but you know we'll we'll have to just keep our eye on it. It's not going to be. Uh, I doubt there's going to be anything crazy though. On top of this, let me let me throw this out there. Let me float this boat because mm-hmm. I want to put it out there before it, it becomes like a mainstream thing. I think we get to the convention, the Republican convention. I think Mitt Romney gets in at some point. Isn't it too late? No, you do a brokered convention. You get uh, all the delegates together because it's delegates. They still have to cast their vote. They go, the great state of Iowa cast its whatever mm-hmm. amount of delegates it has to, in favor of one of the candidates. 
They don't actually have to pick the candidate that people voted for. That's not how it works. It's a convention. They can choose whoever they want. What ends up happening is if they get there, say it is Trump. If it's mm-hmm. Cruz, they're going to let it be Cruz, I think. Yes. It's going to be hard to not let a, a sitting senator win. Trump, they, they're going to have to do something about it if he ends up you know, winning the nomination somehow, which I don't think he's going to. But if it got to that point, they come together and they go, you know what? We're nominating Mitt Romney. And we're gonna have we're gonna figure it out at this convention right now, and it'll be like a head to head between Romney and whoever the nominee was. What I want to know, because he's Romney's white bread, you know, he's not gonna hurt anybody. Is what Cruz did to get the bump? How I, you know, maybe all the, our friends in Iowa got together and said we're gonna have to pick someone, and I think they picked Ted. Yeah, well, again, this is just a poll, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it's po- again, it's possible that, that anybody that's not even in the poll win, right? Like, it, it is just polling at a certain yes. point. It's hard to know what people are actually going to do on election day. What Cruz has done is tacked a little bit to the left of Trump, which is still very far right, mm-hmm. but he's not coming out with as extreme policies, although some of the stuff he talks about in this debate is is really mental and not possible. Um, but he's he's walking a tighter line than Trump is. And again, he has experience. He can just say, look, I don't disagree with everything Donald Trump says, but I'm I'm a senator. I have a track record. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a little bit of that type of stuff. You know, uh, it is what it is, and we're just going to have to see what happens. We'll, we'll get into the debate stuff, and we'll, we'll take a look at it. Does Trump get a BVP? No, 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 no. Trump, no. Th- it's all or nothing? Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't even want to be president, I'm sure. It's, it's such a, a taxing job. I, I can imagine it being a thing where he just gets elected and he's like, all right, just prove my point, and then he's out. You know, like, <laughs> he, it's a fucking... Oh, my God, that'd be hilarious. That'd be great. It's a hellacious job. You, you really don't want to do it. It's not fun. Like, you got to be out of your mind a little bit to do it. I don't think Trump's out of his mind. I just think he's... He's he loves opportunist. Himself. Yeah, he's an opportunist, exactly. Um, all right, you ready to get into this thing? Yes. So why don't you explain to the Samsonites while I'm looking for the first cue here how this all goes down. All right. So Chris puts himself in a bubble. <laughs> like, li- like the little bubble boy. That's what I call myself. And he doesn't read or listen to anyone else's take on the debate. And he goes into his own room, mm-hmm. gets his pad out, gets ready to what would be tweets, but decides to hold it just for us. <clears throat> yeah, like a live blog or like yeah, live, live tweeting. Tweets. Sure. And now he gets to share it with us. Right. Uh, very good, Joey. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. I have my notes here. And, um, you know, obviously I read some stuff after the fact, but this is all as I'm watching it. Didn't see anything what anybody else said. You ready to get into this? Yes. All right. We ha- and I'll tell you this. We have 15 clips. Okay. 15 I have clips. some notes. 15 clips. It's going to be great. Shell please let me know whether the, the computer audio is coming through on the recording because otherwise... We just have to throw this episode in the garbage if it wasn't. No. (laughs) A lot of foreign policy stuff we've heard before so far is the first thing I wrote. Trump talks about the wall, deporting Mexicans, banning Muslims. Bush says we need to, quote, destroy the caliphate so we don't have to worry about what to do with refugees, which, I I mean, they get into it more, but it's like, oh, yeah, let's just destroy the caliphate. Sure, that's that's not a... 20-year investment with trillions of dollars and lives and... Sounds like something else that we've done before. It does. It rings a bell. I feel like another guy named Bush did try to do something similar, but I don't think it worked out. Then Bush goes after Trump in a way that will become very popular throughout this debate, I'm sure, I wrote. It doesn't doesn't actually become as popular as I believed it right at the beginning, but whatever. Bush zings Trump with a new catchphrase. It's the logical attack they'll all have to adopt 
they didn't adopt it as much as I thought they would, but nonetheless, yeah. this is Jeb Bush zinging Donald Trump. First clip from this debate. A strategy to destroy ISIS. Oh, hold on. I got to make that way louder. Jesus Christ. Hold on. Here we go. In fact, it will push the Muslim uh, world, the Arab world, away from us at a time when we need to re-engage with them to be able to create a strategy to destroy ISIS. So Donald, you know, is great at, at the uh, one-liners, but he's a chaos candidate, and he'd be a chaos president. He would not be the commander-in-chief we need to keep our country safe. Mr. Trump. Gets pleasant applause there. Chaos candidate. Joey, what do you think about that? CC, I like it. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought that was going to be something that they would all kind of go to, and I think we talked about it last week, where that's <laughs> that's the way you go after Trump. Oh, my God, are you all right? Yeah. That's the way you go after Trump, because, and you asked, how's Cruz doing it? Well, because Cruz, although I think he's sort of like a Yosemite Sam, too, that's going to go out there and just fire both barrels at the same time. Mm-hmm. He's not somebody that I think the base of the Republican Party or kind of more mainstream Republicans look at as somebody that's reckless. They just think he's kind of maybe tough talking, whatever. But he's a well-spoken guy, intelligent, you know, clerked for the Supreme Court. He's mm-hmm. a lawyer. You know, he's, he's that type of guy. <laughs> the attack on Trump, the way you're going to get him out. <coughs> you Sorry. Have sa- no, it's, please have a sip of water. Are you I'm out of water? I'm out Here, of water. Here, would you like some champagne, strawberry, polar seltzer? I would love some. Thank I you. rarely share this, so this should be uh, very exciting for you. It's a nice treat. Yeah, enjoy that. <laughs> um, the attack on Trump is going to have to be he's reckless. Like, you can't trust this guy around a nuclear arsenal, which is what we've talked about a number of times. They don't do it as much as they should have, but that that's, you know, the, th- the logic behind it. Which is really strange because they did have a whole section they were talking about nuclear weapons too during the debate that none of them actually tried to sneak that in at him yeah which is crazy on top of that because they were talking about north korea like north korea is somehow gonna just start attacking us the last like 20 minutes of the debate was about north korea it was very bizarre yeah this debate was tedious in a lot of ways that the other ones haven't been because they're t- it's a lot of the same you know isis this isis that they all have they're, they're giving isis these superpowers which i'm gonna get into and it's just <laughs> like it's very strange stuff all right Bush says we quote need to get the lawyers off the backs of the war fighters. <laughs> what? What? Ha- are you all right? What happened here? I don't know. I'm, I've been sick lately. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. It's okay. Did you swallow? You got a furball? Got a little? Yeah, this something is, going on. There's a hairball. All right. You let me know if you need more Paul Sosser. Bush says quote we need to get the lawyers off the backs of the war fighters. That's a quote. Claims Obama has made it impossible to win. I guess this is a reference to torture. We, we need it. Like, that's what that seems like to me. He's like, the lawyers, like, they're telling us we can't waterboard these people. We can't kill civilians, which becomes a big conversation during this debate yes, later. That was, that was an interesting point, too. So that that's just like a red meat kind of thing that he's trying to throw out there to sound like he's uh, got more brass ones than he does, but he doesn't. So... I feel that this one, they were trying to go for sound bites for Iowa. Bush certainly was. Bush certainly was. Uh, get the ba- get the lawyers off the backs of our war fighters. That's that's a crafted yeah. sentence. Beautiful, beautiful point, Joe. You're absolutely right. Rubio says ISIS quote is the most sophisticated terror group to ever threaten the United States of America. I can hear the, this is me saying, mm-hmm. I can hear the ISIS editors clipping that for their next oh, Vine video, all the right? Time. They're the most sophisticated terror group to ever threaten the United States. No, they're not. In no way has ISIS demonstrated their sophistication other than through propaganda. To me, 
Bin Laden is the clear winner in terms of successful terrorist and being uh, a sophisticated terrorist. He's the only one that's pulled anything off. That is true. Right? I mean, yes. Bin Laden's been in, in the history of this country for a long time. The USS Cole, the first Trade Center bombing. The second one where he successfully knocked down the Trade Center. Like, Bin Laden's been the guy. Mm-hmm. ISIS isn't. ISIS is not attacking us just because they have these randos from San Bernardino who I, claim ISIS. You know? I, I believe a huge term they kept on using was mastermind. Bin Laden. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yes, he was a terrorist mastermind. Yeah. Right, but he's but dead. But ISIS is not the mastermind that they were calling for. Right, no, they're the most sophisticated terror group of all time. Uh, they're all trying to outdo each other on ISIS tough talk, and it's dangerous rhetoric. That's just a mm-hmm. note I wrote to myself, and clearly it is. Cruz says he, quote, understands, this is what I was talking about, he's tacking a little bit to the left of Trump without really going after Trump, which I think makes people uh, respond to him. Cruz says he, quote, understands why Donald proposed what he proposed, re-Muslims and refugees, and touts a bill he proposed in the Senate suspending refugee entry to the U.S. for three years from countries where ISIS is strong. Here's the problem, and here's a question. Aren't refugees going to be people seeking safety from shitty places run by shitty people? So Mm -hmm. if you're just suspending refugees coming from places where isis is in control you're basically saying no more refugees because that's why would they be leaving if there wasn't a problem yeah it's 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 yeah he did a good job it's it's tricky but that's the thing about cruz he's a little bit of a trickster the guy next clip you ready for this Mm -hmm. chubbs gets involved who do you think i'm talking about listen (laughs) chris christie Uh, yes correct he spoke to the audience Mm -hmm. not once not twice, but I'm pretty sure I think he said it three times. Let me speak to the audience. Yeah, well, that's his thing. I mean, I have a couple more Christie clips in here. Here's what I wrote. Chubbs, Chubbs gets involved. Quote, everywhere is a target for terrorism. Christie wants to restore NSA's tools. I'm assuming that means reauthorizing surveillance programs. I'm not mm, sure. Metadata. Yeah, exactly. All right, so this is, the, uh, this is for you, of course. It's always for you mm. that I'm playing the Christie clips. But let's hear what Chris Christie has to say about... Uh, about ISIS. I think it was interesting. And I think Christie had a decent debate back on the big boy stage after they got yeah. rid of Huckabee, right? Uh, all right. So let's see. This is the end of Carly Fiorina's innovative uh, comment. Then we'll get to Christie. Yes. I will ask them. I will. Oh, yeah. Her shit got Governor Christie. Americans are clearly more afraid today than at any time since 9-11. As you mentioned in your opening statement today in Los Angeles, 650 school children didn't go to 650,000 school children, didn't go to school because of an email threat. This two weeks after an attack killed 14 people in San Bernardino, is this the new normal? And if so, what steps would you take as president of the United States to ensure that fear does not paralyze America? Wolf, unfortunately, it's the new normal under Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Um, The fact is that if you listen to Hillary Clinton the other day, What she said to the American people was, as regards to ISIS, my strategy would be just about the same as the president's. Just about the same as the president's? We have people across this country who are scared to death. Because I can tell you this, as a former federal prosecutor, if a center for the developmentally disabled in San Bernardino, California, is now a target for terrorists, that means- But it's, go ahead. I did the reporting on the story. Yes, you did. I did. It was not a target. The other thing that... Right, they weren't there to kill autistic people. No, not at all. Right. We talked about this. Yes. Yeah. I just find it how this is not the only case where this happens all the time. What? What do you mean? Uh, 
it's kind of like not a lie, but it's just a non-truth. Right. Right. Well, again, it's, it's, ba- it's based on the assumption that if it's Muslims doing something and they say anything about, you know, being radicalized or something about ISIS, regardless of whether they actually are part of ISIS or not, that's a terrorist attack and that's ISIS and we need to re- retaliate. That's the, that's the issue. It's a, it's a false premise. And the more we see about this stuff from San Bernardino, they really didn't have anything to do with ISIS. They liked ISIS, but they were radicalized. I even read today they had nothing to do with social media. They didn't even look at social media. They just talked to each other on like forums and stuff. It wasn't, uh, huh. they were not interested in like any of the shit that ISIS, whatever. It's all, okay. Let's let Chris Christie finish and then I'm going to make a little point about it. It's everywhere in America is a target for these terrorists. Now, yeah. I spent- <laughs> Wolf Blitzer's question. Americans are the most scared they've ever been. Yeah, because you fucking people keep saying this shit over no. and over again. Seven years of my life in the immediate aftermath of September 11th doing this work. Ah, September 11th. Working with the Old Patriot Act, faithful. Working with our law enforcement. Working with the surveillance community to make sure that we keep America safe. What we need to do, Wolf, is restore those tools that have been taken away by the president and others. Restore those tools to the NSA and to our entire surveillance and law enforcement community. We need a president who's going to understand what actionable intelligence looks like and act on it. And we need a president and a cabinet who understands that the first and most important priority of the president of the United States is to protect the safety and security of Americans. As someone who has done it, I will make sure it gets done again. Okay. Thank you very much, Chris Christie. Shelby. Put a mark right about here. Guys, listen, we're going to start to have like ads and different promos and stuff in, in a lot of the shows on the mm-hmm. network, which is very exciting. This might be a place where one goes in, so I'm just going to take a quick breath. Now, if you didn't hear anything there, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, but there might have been a promo there or an ad, so welcome back to the show. This is my thoughts about Chris Christie uh, and just generally how the, 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 this whole like hour and a half part of start to the debate goes. I think talking about ISIS and how bad they are for 30 minutes or so already is doing the work for the terrorist. I do believe they are a problem. I don't believe we solve the problem by making them seem scarier than they are. I don't think we solve the problem by saying San Bernardino was an ISIS attack. Americans are scared. Yeah, because you keep telling them to be scared. It's sensationalism and fear mongering at its worst. That's really what you're seeing because it's not... Why does terrorism work? Because it 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 puts terror in people, right? Mm-hmm. So the more that they do, the worse it gets. But the more that we talk about it the worse and it say becomes. that they're so capable and they're superheroes and they're sophisticated, they're not. And that's just not true based on everything that we read about them and, and that we talk about on this show all the time. So that I just want to put that out there. Marco Rubio, this is the next clip we got talks about, quote, the world we live in. He says the metadata program was valuable and we shouldn't have given it away. Cruz comes back at him hard and touts that we can have surveillance or more records than ever before, which to him is a good, is a good thing. Uh, let me just skip to where that is. 32, yeah, that's about right. Okay. The loopholes in our legal immigration system and its ability to capture and hold territory in the Middle East, as I outlined earlier, in multiple countries. This is not just the most capable, it is the most sophisticated terror threat we have ever faced. (laughs) We are now at a time when we need more tools, not less tools. And that tool we lost, the metadata program, was a valuable tool that we no longer have at our disposal. The metadata tool that Snowden told us about where all our emails are being read and all our private communications Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Marco Rubio, make no mistake, says that's a valuable tool and we need it back. Cruz responds to this, this thing in his own uh, nutty way, and we can get into that in a second. Senator Cruz? 
Well, I, you know, I would note that, that Marco knows what he's saying isn't true. You know, Mark Levin wrote a column last week that says that the attack ads his super PAC is, is running that are saying the same thing, that they are knowingly false and they are, they are in fact Alinsky-like attacks uh -oh, like Barack buzzword. Obama. The reason is simple. What he what knows... What is that referring to? Saul, uh, no, not Lewinsky. Alinsky. Saul Alinsky. The, he's a... He's a professor at the University of Chicago now. Uh, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, Shelby. He was part of the Weather Underground, right? That was like his thing, Saul Linsky. Yeah, uh, oh, okay. where they were like a t you know a domestic terrorist group, essentially. Um, you know that that bombed different places mm -hmm. to protest w wars and stuff like that. But they, he was a professor at the University of Chicago, and they always tried to make a um, a correlation between Obama and him, saying like he learned everything he knew from Saul Linsky, oh. and like he's a radical and all this shit. So he's saying like Rubio is is taking a page out of that book. It's oh, like God. it's a buzzword in the conservative circles, you know. The old program covered twenty to thirty percent of phone numbers to search for terrorists. The new program covers nearly a hundred percent. That gives us greater ability to stop acts of terrorism. And, and he knows that, that that's the case. Dana, may I Let me be very careful respond. in answering this because I don't think national television in front of 15 million people is the place to discuss classified information. So let me just be very clear. There is nothing that we are allowed to do under this bill that we could not do before. This bill did, however, take away a valuable tool that allowed the, the National Security Agency and other, law, and, and other intelligence agencies to quickly and rapidly access phone records and match them up with other phone records to see who terrorists have been calling. Because I promise you, the next time there is attack on, an attack on this country, the first thing people are going to want to know is, why didn't we know about it and why didn't we stop it? And the answer better not be because we didn't have access to records or information that would have allowed us to identify these killers before they attacked us. See, now, and that right there is the point. Again, like, we, we saw it after San Bernardino, where people came out and we showed all the politicians' mm -hmm. responses to, we need more, uh, you know, ability to get around encryption. We need more sharing between private and public. We need more metadata collection. That's always the response, but nobody ever bothers to ask the question, like, how is it actually being directed? That's why it was important when Snowden brought the stuff out and, and, and told us. What, what are you doing? What are you Googling over here? I wasn't Googling. I was just writing down titles. Oh, what a wonderful, sweet boy you are. Uh, also, somebody keeps coughing during this. Not you, but somebody kept coughing in the debate as well, and I was just wondering who it was. So if you have any guesses as we go along, you let me know. It's Wolf. You think it's Wolf Blitzer himself? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, that's possible. Uh, oh, no, no. It, probably the other anchor that was there. I forgot his name already. I don't remember his name either, if hey, I'm being honest with you. Okay. They'll come up later because he I'm, asks a whole bunch of questions. I'm a wolf man. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember the other guy's name. You know what's interesting? Shelby was telling me the, uh, yesterday, actually, his friend was at one of the debates, I guess this year or a couple of years ago, whatever, and uh, <laughs> John Kasich is always on the end because he gets like the lowest amount mm -hmm. of, of you know polling. And uh, so when you see him on TV, obviously he's standing at his little podium and he's, he's answering the questions, but he has a half hour between, you know, questions that anybody asks him. And so his friend took a cell phone video of Kasich. So he like finishes a response mm -hmm. and then he just starts like pacing away from the podium and like with his hands in his pockets and like kicking rocks. And it's really fucking funny to watch. <laughs> like, so you don't see it on TV, but this guy just is not. Oh, he because is, he's not on camera. Yeah. So he's just checked out. He's like, whatever. They're not going to talk to me for another 20 minutes. I might as well get a little cardio in. It's, it's pretty funny. Uh, about 34 minutes in, Rand Paul is asked again. I'm starting to like Rand Paul more and more, more and more. Yeah, and I, it's, he's never somebody that I totally disliked. I liked a lot of what Rand Paul, Ron Paul, excuse me, used to have to say. Uh, Rand Paul is asked why he disagrees with his colleagues on data collection 
Good answer, and I like the pushback here. So this is Rand Paul, uh, a good moment. Again, it's not going to matter much, I don't think, which is ridiculous. It's the same reason Bernie Sanders, it's sad to watch Bernie Sanders doesn't resonate in the Democratic Party the way he should. Uh, it's crazy that Rand Paul doesn't resonate more in the conservative uh, circles. By law enforcement, you call that hogwash. Why is that hogwash? You know, I think Marco gets it completely wrong here. <laughs> So, we are who, not any safe. Who is it? Wolf? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying it's the other guy. I forgot his name. Okay. L- later on in the debate, I'm pretty sure you have a clip of him asking a question. We'll see. Okay. ...of all Americans' records. In fact, I think we're less safe. We get so distracted by all of the information, we're not st- spending enough time getting specific immigration, specific information on terrorists. The other- right. Freudian slip? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was like, sorry, I know that Trump's going to say something <laughs> crazy in a little while and I'll have to... You know, launch into an immigration thing. Um, right. That's what Snowden told us. And, and good for Rand Paul listening to somebody that knows what he's talking about. All right. 35, 35. Perfect. Uh, classic. Oh, no, 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 no. What the hell reaction is this? This is what I wrote. This is mm-hmm. the crowd reaction. Oh, Jesus. Marco is, has more of an allegiance to Chuck Schumer and to the liberals than he does to conservative policy. <laughs> Senator Rubio. <laughs> the, the, what, they, what the hell is that? The crowd had no idea what to do. They were just like, yeah, they want to clap. They, yeah. they want to clap because it's a burn, but they don't want to clap because it's not right. Very so. weird. Well, the, absolutely. The, the crowd was very telling during this debate because it's very fractured. There's still a ton of them out. A month before this thing is supposed to go down, or like two months, whatever. It's uh-huh. in February, I guess. It's very, very fractured group. They don't know who they're going to vote for. They don't know what's going on. And Trump took a but. Notice well, we're about a half hour in. Nothing much from Trump. He didn't do a lot. They're just being quiet. I have stuff for, for him, but he had a mixed, mixed debate, and I think a lot of mixed reactions. I don't think that's going to hurt his poll numbers. But like we saw at Marine Le Pen, poll numbers don't equal results, and we'll see. We'll see where this goes. All right classic Chris Christie. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. I actually saw it and I was like, all right, you chubby son of a bitch. You, you go get him. Oh, and I wrote, here, wait, classic Christie. This one's for you, Joey. Arguably one of his best moments and sets up the classic Republican ideology that governors are better presidents than anyone else because it gives them executive experience. You ready? Question. Joey, how much experience did Reagan have? Uh, not a ton. Okay. But he Reagan was governor, right, before he became president. That's where they get that from. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Shelby, could you maybe look that up? Was Ronald Reagan... He was the governor before he became... He, he was doing something before he became the president. I don't think he just came from, like, the Screen Actors Guild. I, I could be wrong about that. Uh, anyway, let's play this Christie clip, and then Shelby will have the answer for us. You heard uh, Senator Paul, Senator Cruz talk about how important it is to protect Americans' privacy, even in a time of grave danger. Why? What's wrong with that? Listen, it, I want to talk to the audience at home for a second. <laughs> there you go. Classic, are, classic Christie, and here he goes. Glazed over like mine, this is what it's like to be on the floor of the United States Senate. <laughs> I mean, endless debates about how many angels on the head of a pin from people who've never had to make a consequential decision in an executive position. The fact is, for seven years, I had to make these decisions after 9-11. Oh, uh, say 9-11 again, you son of a bitch. How to pull back. 
whether you use certain actionable intelligence or whether not to. And yet they continue to debate about this bill and in the subcommittee and what nobody in America cares about that. What they care about is, are we going to have a president who actually knows what they're doing to make these decisions? And for the seven years afterwards, New Jersey was threatened like no other region in this country. And what we did was we... <laughs> That's an interesting way to put that. I, I liked the way he kind of like slid that in. New Jersey was threatened like no other region. Well... Not true because New York was fucking threatened mm -hmm. a little bit more than New Jersey was because they were flew planes into buildings in New York. But it, it's an interesting way to phrase it, you know. That's like being like in Connecticut and be like tri-state area under attack. Like, yeah, okay, because <laughs> you're a third part of the fucking took actions within the Constitution to make sure that law enforcement had all the information they needed. We prosecuted two of the biggest terrorism cases in the world and stopped Fort Dix from being attacked by six American radicalized Muslims from a mosque in New Jersey. If he had stopped Fort Dix, the trade centers would probably still be standing. Because we was more than four. With the yeah, you American get what I was trying to do. Yeah. To get intelligence, and we used the Patriot Act to get other intelligence to make sure we did those cases. This is the difference between actually having been a federal prosecutor, actually doing something, and just spending your life as one of a hundred debating it. Let's talk <laughs> about how we do this, not about which bill each one of these guys likes more. Thank the American you. people don't care about that. Thank you. I thought a good moment for Chrissy. Yes. Uh, Shelby, what do you got for me about Ronald Reagan? He was governor for eight years of California. Yeah, before he became president. Go. Right. But see, but that's thank you, Shelby. But that's where they get it from. That that's every keep this in mind mm -hmm. when you're hearing like all these debates and whatever. Most of the the truths that they put out there, like, and I'm putting you know, in quotes, the truths that the Republicans put out is based in the myth of Ronald Reagan. So when they say you got to be governors or get executive experience, mm -hmm. they make great presidents. They're based on that in Reagan. Everything they do is based on Reagan for the most part. All right. Ben Carson comes up. Remember Ben Carson? Yes. He comes up for the first time in almost 40 minutes. Kind of amazing how he's fallen off the map lately. He says we should be monitoring any place, a mosque, a supermarket, a movie theater, where radicalizing is going on. Which is, what, is, what does that even mean? We shouldn't worry about PC stuff. He says we are at war and we should declare war and that our nation is, quote, in grave danger. I just don't... Uh, what You know what? I'm not even... Forget it. It speaks for itself. 44 minutes in, Trump actually makes a point I just made a little while ago. The rest of his answer is nonsense, but he stumbled onto something good momentarily. Then he says he'd be done to turn he'd be down to turn off parts of the internet. Okay. <laughs> so this is Donald Trump. Uh, this is he making his first appearance during this little recap. Samsonites, do me a favor. I'm feeling a little needy lately. You tell me if you, how you like these episodes. You let me know you enjoy them. George is staring okay. at me. Uh, I, by the way, I also sent out stickers to everybody that asked for stickers, so they're oh, on great. their way. So, you know, let me know when you get those. All right. Uh, Trump making a point that I, I kind of made before, and then he goes off the rails. That failed because the private sector wasn't asked. Oh, a little bonus Fiorina. <laughs> Mr. Trump. You recently suggested uh, closing that internet up, those were your words, as a way to stop ISIS from recruiting online. Are you referring to closing down actual portions of the internet? Some say <laughs> that would put the U.S. in line with China and North Korea. Well, look, this is so easy to answer. Uh, ISIS is recruiting <laughs> through the internet. ISIS is using the internet better than we are using the internet, and it was our idea. 
What I wanted to do is I wanted to get our brilliant people from Silicon Valley and other places and figure out a way that ISIS cannot do what they're doing. You talk. Okay, now, at face value, right, that's mm-hmm. a good point. They are. We talked about their propaganda machine. They're putting out thousands of, you know, bits of propaganda every month. Right. Trump is right to an extent that, yes, they, they are using yes. th- that capability better than we are countering it or better than we are doing it. Then he just says a bunch of other stuff that is nonsense. Talk freedom of speech. You talk freedom of anything you want. <laughs> I don't want them using our internet to take our young, impressionable youth and watching the media talking about how they're masterminds. These are masterminds. They shouldn't be using the word mastermind. These are thugs. These are terrible people in ISIS, not masterminds. Great. What were we yes. just talking about? I see. I like that he said that. Uh, he's right. They're not masterminds. Mm-hmm. Stop saying they're masterminds because the more you say it, the more people are going to believe that. All right. We have to change it from every standpoint, but we should (coughs) be using our brilliant people, our most brilliant minds (laughs) to figure a way that ISIS cannot use the Internet. And then on second, we should be able to penetrate the Internet and find out exactly where ISIS is and everything about ISIS. And we can do that if we use our good people. Uh, Mr. Trump, you understand that the internet is not a building that you can just walk into and penetrate. Like, what are you talking about? And obviously, yes, we should be using our, quote, good people. <laughs> he, a lot of his ideas are just, it's like Carson, where it's like matter-of-fact, dumb shit. Like, definitely we should have people that know what they're doing working on stuff. But no, you should have the total opposite. We should have the dumbest and the slowest? Yeah. yeah. Let, let me follow up, Mr. <laughs> Trump. So... Are you open to closing parts of the Internet? I would certainly be open to closing areas where we are at war with somebody. I sure as hell don't want to let people that want to kill us and kill our nation use our Internet. Yes, sir, I am. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. That, what is, that is impossible, what you're saying. It doesn't make any sense. What does that even mean? Like, our Internet? What? I don't know. What does he say? I don't think he even knows how the Internet works. He definitely... I mean, obviously he doesn't. You can't just turn... like. I, I don't even know like what question to ask him. Like, what do you mean? Don't let ISIS use our internet. What, what does that mean? Like deleting their Twitter accounts. Cause that's a different thing than saying like they can't access our internet. How would you even yeah, I, do that? It doesn't, I, I it's impossible. It just, just doesn't make any sense. Uh, Praveen who seems to know a lot about the dark web. Maybe let me know what, what your guess is about what Trump is saying or anybody that has any more insight to this. I don't know. Uh, the crowd likes Ted Cruz's idea. This is where it starts to go really haywire. Mm-hmm. The crowd likes Cruz's idea to carpet bomb the shit out of ISIS, because why not? It's impossible unless you want to kill all the innocent civilians there, but whatever. Sounds good. So this is... Uh, oh, is this the discussion about the children or not yet? Not, y- not yet. Uh, maybe a little bit. This is where they're talking. Here, we'll let's just yeah. get into it. And you'll, you'll see what they have to say. So let's talk about how each of you, as commander-in-chief, would fight this war and win it. Senator Cruz... You have said you would, quote, carpet bomb ISIS into oblivion, testing whether, quote, sand can glow in the dark. Does that mean leveling? The- <laughs> and, and everybody uh, laughs at that because that's hilarious. Yes, Christians, we, we listen. We can make jokes about murder, just not, not the little babies. That's the crazy thing. Like, the conservative crowd thinks it's funny. If, <laughs> if sound could glow. Yeah. Yes. 
Never mind the fact that you're going to kill all kinds of people, including bad people. Oh, another human being. Children, mothers, husband, whatever. Doctors. It's fine. We're only concerned about people in the womb. If you happen to kill a bunch of people, they shouldn't be living near ISIS, right? Yeah. If you didn't want to die, you, you shouldn't have been out. there. Yeah, you should have left. You should have been a refugee who we don't want either. And you have no place to go. It's just this circular, dumb, dumb logic. ISIS capital of Raqqa in Syria, where there are hundreds of thousands of civilians. What it means is using overwhelming air, air power to utterly and completely destroy ISIS. To put things in, in perspective, in the first Persian Gulf War, we launched roughly 1,100 air attacks a day. We carpet bombed them for 37 days, saturation bombing, after which our troops went in and in a day and a half mopped up what was left of the Iraqi army. Right now, Obama is launching between 15 and 30 air attacks a day. It, it, it is photo op foreign policy. Okay, photo op foreign policy. I mean, the idea to carpet bomb, if you go read, like if you just Google the term carpet bomb mm -hmm. and then type the word like general after it, you can see what a lot of them have to say about this type of stuff. And it's, it's amateur hour to say carpet bomb because it's not a real strategy. Carpet bombing means let's just fly planes over an area where we think there might be ISIS or what you know, whoever the uh, enemy du jour is and just drop thousands of bombs in that area and we'll see who it kills. You can't do that in this circumstance, especially because all of Syria is destroyed to begin with. There's, there's a lot of mix of civilians and innocent people there. There's people that we've already armed. The Kurds are there. ISIS is there. But they don't care as long as you get the main target. But it's not possible. It's impossible. You can't just start carpet bombing syria do they not remember that assad is there like he's not gonna just sit back and let us do that, that that's not something that's possible and also you're just gonna go into iraq then and just randomly drop bombs great thing about a debate you could say anything you want yeah it's and there's no push but that's what's fun. there's no pushback from anybody on the stage i think Kasich might have jumped in actually but i don't have the clip where he's like you can't there was a possible. little pushback by ben at one point yeah and i, I have that yeah, I have that. Okay. yeah, yeah. um all right Rubio says budget cuts will leave us with the smallest and oldest air force we've ever had, which, as it turns out, is like 10 times more powerful, powerful and larger than any other country. He says we have to reverse the cuts. Also, he's the first one to mention that propaganda is a part of this whole equation on both sides, which is good that he brings that up. It's crazy. This is what I wrote. This is just my little mm -hmm. thought. It's crazy. You can always get a round of applause from a Republican crowd by saying you won't follow the law. As long as it sounds tough, they're in. Rubio says Miranda rights won't be read if you're an American who joins ISIS. Fuck it. We're not going to live. But you're still an American citizen, so you still have those rights. But you can, they're, they're a rule-following group, except for any time they don't want to follow the rules because it sounds tough to be like, nope, what there fuck was that rule. It's a pussy rule. Get the lawyers <laughs> off the back of our war fighters. But they're assuming that... Uh, when you be when you become radicalized, you're rejecting what it means to be an American. Thus, you give up your rights. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly the logic, but that's not the case. I mean, okay. you can you can say that you can pretend that that's the case, but it's just not. You still, again, you still have the rights of an American citizen because you are an American citizen. I guess technically you could strip somebody of that, like before. I, I don't know, but that that's not what they're talking about. All right, this is a Facebook que question. Uh, the Trump audio fucks up a little bit here, but you, you, you'll understand what he's saying. Facebook question to Trump. He and Bush go back and forth on a very questionable Trump response. It gets nasty. Jeb Bush should. Okay. I'm going to read this. It didn't happen yet, but you'll understand what I'm saying. Jeb Bush 
should have lost his fucking bananas here. Mm-hmm. He should have snapped. He just smiles it off like an asshole. There is no person on earth. Listen to me, Joey. Yes. There is no person on earth capable of being the president who would let someone disrespect them this way. He blows an opportunity here to put hairpiece in his place. It's weak. He does come back a little, but he could have crushed Trump here, and he didn't. Play if somebody, the clip. Yeah, I will. If somebody does this, if what Trump does to Bush here, if somebody did that to me, I'd be like, listen, I'm not going to let you fucking cut me off like that. He should have freaked out, yeah. and it would have been a good moment, but he chooses not to. All right. Josh Jacob from Atlanta, Georgia. Ask your question, and we'll see what happens. Georgia Tech. Recently, Donald Trump mentioned that we must kill the families of ISIS members. <laughs> However, this violates the principle of distinction between civilians and combatants in international law. So my question is, how would intentionally killing innocent civilians set us apart from ISIS? Great question. Mr. Trump, we have to be much tougher. We have to be much stronger than we've been. We have people that know what's going on. You take a look at just the attack in California the other day. There were numerous people, including the mother, that knew what was going on. They saw a pipe bomb sitting all over the floor. They saw ammunition all over the place. They knew exactly what was going on. Is that true, Joey? I don't believe it is. Right. Okay. So I was wondering because I wanted to ask you during this this conversation because you did the research on it and you brought up the question. You were like, yes, at the moment, from from everything I gathered, there doesn't seem to be that the mom had a clue going on. I'm going to double check that right. Yeah, now. that's fine. Look, at, I mean, you know, what? don't even worry about it. That's fine. I mean, if somebody else knows, they can leave a comment or whatever. But we talked about it. That was when we brought up the thing about how did Sandusky's wife not know? How did yes. she not know? I don't know how she didn't, but there's no evidence that she did. So that's it. But okay, fine. I thought of you when he when said When you had the World Trade Center go, people were put into planes that were friends, family, girlfriends, and they were put into planes and they were sent back for the most part to Saudi Arabia. They- right. But bin Laden's family went back to Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Guess who put them on the plane? Bush. Oh. They're personal friends with like a lot of the Saudi royalty, and they did a favor for them, and they got the Bin Laden people out of this country. And you would do a favor for your friends, right? Well, that's the that is the the general ethos of the Bush administration. It's like we'll help you out. You're you're a friend. You're a friend. Knew what was going on. They went home and they wanted to watch their boyfriends on television. I would be very very firm with them. And frankly, that will make people think. May not care much about their lives, but they do care believe it or not, about their, their family's lives. All right, sorry, the audio got fucked up there. He's saying they might not care about their own lives, but believe it or not, they care about the lives of their the people in their family. So essentially, what he's saying is, yeah, we should just murder their families. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, just ignoring the fact that the guy was like, but this is clearly a violation of the distinction of who is an enemy combatant or whatever. Uh, Trump doesn't care. He's like, no, 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 we should kill the family. Donald, this is Go- not, Governor this Bush. Is, Governor Bush. This, this is another example of the lack of seriousness. Look, this is this it's is a little trouble. pussyfoot way to say it. Here we go. Humbling because we're at war. They've declared war on us, and no, we need to have a serious strategy to destroy ISIS. But the idea that that is a solution to this is just is just crazy. It makes no sense to suggest this. Look, two months ago, D- Donald Trump said that ISIS was not our fight. Just two months ago. He said that Hillary Clinton would be a great negotiator with Iran. And he gets his foreign policy experience from the shows. That is not a serious kind of candidate. We need someone that thinks this through, that can lead our country to to safety and security. Mr. Trump, look, the the problem is... Kind of a weak sauce. You know, he's trying. He's trying to... He keeps bringing up the show thing that Donald Trump gets his shit from, like, Sunday morning talk shows or whatever. That comes next. Yeah. All right. We need toughness. 
Honestly, I think Jeb is a very nice person. He's a very nice person. But we need tough people. We need toughness. We need intelligence, and we need tough. Jeb said when they come across the southern border, they come as an act of love. You said in September 30th that ISIS was not a I, I, Am uh, I talking or are you talking, Jeb? I'm you talking right back. now. I'm talking. You can go back. You're not talking. talking. You interrupted me, September 30th, Jeb. Are you going to apologize, said Jeb? No. Am I allowed to finish? That, and that's where Jeb Bush is like, I would be like, you know what, Donald Trump, you're a fucking clown and you don't deserve to be on the stage. That place would have gone crazy, crazy. and he should have cursed. I'd be like, I'm, I'm willing to pay the $250,000 fine. I'm that sick of this guy up here destroying the party. He should have lost it. Meanwhile, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Jeb Bush's dumb little face just smirking like an asshole while Trump clowns him. Like, yeah. that would drive me insane if i was bush and he should have just let it out because he's got five percent of the vote trump's got 26 and the amazing thing too is a lot of times people make the comment about politicians about how inhuman they are or how robotic that is yes he had a great opportunity to show some emotion uh, totally and he doesn't he comes back a little bit you know in a minute but it's like that was the chance that, that was like, the moment i'm talking are you gonna apologize i'd be like you come over here and apologize to my nuts donald trump <laughs> At a time. Excuse me, ahead, am Mr. I allowed to finish? Go ahead, Mr. Trump. Wow. So, Little again, I, 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 I know you're trying Governor to build Bush, up your energy, Jeff, but it's not one, working One at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So he does yeah. the same thing every yeah. time. Yeah. And they laugh. We need a toughness. We need strength. We're not respected as, an, you know, as a nation anymore. We don't have that level of respect that we need. And if we don't get it back fast, we're just going to go weaker, weaker, and just disintegrate. We can't allow <laughs> that. might be, I might want to call the episode weaker, 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 weaker just disintegrate. <laughs> Write that down. Okay. That to happen. We need strength. We don't have it. When Jeb comes out and he talks about the border, and I saw it, and I was witness to it, and so was everyone else, and I was standing there, they come across as an act of love. He's saying the same thing right now with radical Islam. And we can't have that in our country. It just won't work. We need strength. Governor uh, Bush. Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency. That's not going to happen. And I do have the strength. He should have just shut the fuck up right there. No. Let the applause go out and be like, and you know what? I don't have much more to say about it. Donald Trump, you're a disrespectful person, and you don't have the temperament to be president. Drop the mic, shut your mouth. But then he, he fucking drags it out like a dummy. Mm -hmm. leadership, leadership, is not, leadership is not about attacking people and disparaging people. Leadership is about creating a serious strategy to deal with the threat of our time. And I laid out that strategy before the attacks, uh, in Paris and before the attacks in San Bernardino, and it is the way that the, of the way forward. We need to increase our military spending. We need to deal with a no-fly zone in Syria, a safe zone. So, yeah, we need they to just focus kind of like, on building out. a military mm -hmm. that is second Thank to you. none, so that we can destroy Islamic terrorism. With Jeb's attitude, we will never be great again. That I can tell you, we will never be great again. All right, Hugh. See, Hugh. Trump buttons it up. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Bush is let to drag out. The fucking buzzer comes in. We talked about this. Yes. That beep, 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 like sound clips You're ruined. Done. You're done. You didn't make your point. It's stupid. Uh, we got about 15 minutes left. You good? Feeling good? Feeling great. All right. Well, what do you think so far? Any Anybody standing out to you? It was kind of a muddle because they were talking about, again, when they talk about ISIS and this foreign policy the stuff. The one I the same really shit. thought was going to shine but uh -huh. didn't was Rubio. Yeah, Rubio's been quiet. I think the last two, right? Yeah. Um, again, unless they have something distinct to say, which which is very difficult for them because they all kind of have to be 
very far right. We have to destroy ISIS. We have to do this. Obama's wrong. There, there's very little distinguishing them. The only one is Rand Paul, and I have a clip of Rand Paul right here. Rand Paul, who had a quiet debate th- thus far, picks a fight with Trump and says what should be said. They have to get this goon out of the race somehow. Pussyfooting around him won't work. The GOP loves tough talk. You got to go. use your words as weapons against Trump. Otherwise, he'll stay ahead. And that's what I'm talking about with, with Bush. Rand Paul goes on to say that the biggest debate they should be having is whether regime change is a good idea or not. He's right about that. And mm-hmm. we talk about that all the time. No, it's not. You can't just depose Saddam Hussein and expect Iraq to work the same way. It's not going to. He's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. The country is way more fucked up now without him, though. That's the unfortunate aspect of this. All right, Rand Paul, let's hear what you got to say, bud. We have a failed state and we are more at risk. I'd like to also go back to, though, another question, which is, is Donald Trump a serious candidate? The reason... Uh, I- Trump- and they laugh it off. Yeah, they laugh it off. Trump gives a little, like, oh, please. <laughs> ask this is, if you're going to close the Internet, realize, America, what that entails. That entails getting rid of the First Amendment, okay? It's no small feat. If you are going to kill... The families of terrorists <laughs> realize that there's something called the Geneva Convention we're going to have to pull out of. It- I'd say I like that. Rand, Rand Paul's done this a couple of times yes, last time has. with like China's not in the TPP. Like <laughs> he, that the Geneva Convention says you can't just kill a, a suspected terrorist mom. That's the other aspect of it. It's suspected terrorists. You're not trying them. No. So it's just like, oh, yeah, that guy's, pr- you know, we're pretty sure he's an ISIS. So let's just kill his grandma. That does, it's, it's nuts. Rand Paul fact checker. Yes. I mean, he has to be because the moderators don't even do it. It would defy every norm that is America. So when you ask yourself, whoever you are, that think you're going to support Donald Trump, think, do you believe in the Constitution? Are you going to change the Constitution? (laughs) That's a good, that's a little bit of a hand, nothing crazy. Should have got more for that. Of course. So they can kill us, but we can't kill them. No. That sounds like a, a, a superhero debate thing. What do you mean? You know, like a, like Batman can't ever kill the Joker type thing. I don't know, maybe. Uh, but it's just it's very it's very simplistic, and you understand that the people that are that he appeals to, it's like that's the type of mindset where it's like, oh, okay, so ISIS can cut off our heads, but when we go over there and fucking kill their sister, that's wrong. Like. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the ideological battle that we're supposed to be having where we're a nation of laws and we're part of the global community and we don't just behave like barbarians because there are barbarians. You, you know, and like we that, follow the system. Yeah, that's the thing that's supposed to separate us. Yes. We lose our moral high ground by torturing, by killing innocent people. That's, that is the distinction because otherwise we are no better than them. That's what you're saying. And as far as the Internet is concerned, Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about closing the Internet. I'm talking about parts of Syria, parts of Iraq, where ISIS is spotting it. Now, you could close it. What I like even better than that is getting our smartest and getting our best to infiltrate their Internet so that we know exactly where they're going, exactly where they're going to be. People clap, but it doesn't doesn't mean anything. Oh. Ooh, Trump getting a little boo. I think they're booing him because they know that's not how it works. It's, it's not. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Who would be? I just can't imagine somebody booing. These are people that want to kill us, folks. And you're, you're objecting to us infiltrating their conversations? I don't think so. I don't think so. Senator Paul. 
Okay, and then, and then more, and then other people applaud. It's a very back and forth crowd. They don't know what the hell's going on because a lot of what's being said is is rubbish. Mm-hmm. Carly Fiorina calls the kettle black. That is all. Well, first, I'll just point out that talking tough is not the same as being strong. Okay, thank you, thank oh, you, wow. Miss Fiorina, because that's all she does. Like, I'm going to restore the Sixth Fleet. I'm going to call Vladimir Putin on day one. Oh, shut up with your nothingness. Cruz points out that we have to accept dictators who are at least willing to work with us on terrorism or ones like Assad, who by being in power prevent ISIS control. I think this is true. Rubio disagrees with Assad remaining in power, which is wrong. It's the only play right now, I think, which we've gotten into. We don't have to get into it too much. But again, an evil strongman might be the way to go about it as opposed to just sinking blood and treasure into a place for, for decades and never really getting anywhere. Uh, about an hour and 21 minutes into this thing, Carson's response to, quote, are we better off with dictators in the Middle East? Echoes much of what the other candidates had to say about the same question. It's stunning how this answer contrasts with everything else they've said for the last hour and 20 minutes. We'll get into it as we play the clip. So this is Ben Carson. We haven't heard much from him. Let's hear what he has to say about this. And again, this is, this is again, repeating what a lot of the other ones say. Mm-hmm. What, let me ask you something. Yes. Is destroy the caliphate, carpet bomb, bomb ISIS. That's kind of their strategy, right? As of now. Eradicate them. Get involved. We got to get over yeah, there. Kill, we got to establish a safe zone for refugees. We got to go in there and take them out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is the Middle East better off with dictators? No one is ever better off with dictators, but there comes a time, you know, when you're on an airplane, they always say, in case of an emergency, oxygen masks will drop down, put yours on first, and then administer help to your neighbor. We need oxygen right now, and we need to start thinking about the needs of the Don't American people before we go and try to solve everybody else's problems. The fact of the matter is the Middle East has been in turmoil for thousands of years. Uh, for us to think that we're going to go in there and fix that, with a couple of little bombs and, and a, a few little declarations is relatively foolish. Right! No, no. Of course! No, he's wrong. No! That's a God. lot of bombs and a lot of money, so you can do it. No, you can't. The, the, he's, he just articulated the exact argument against everything they've been talking about for the last hour and 20 minutes. The Middle East has been in turmoil for mm-hmm. thousands of years, yes. and you're not going to fix it with some bombs and money. here and there and okay. money. Correct! So why are you all advocating to go in and establish a safe zone and bomb them and get involved? No, that's wrong. So Rand Paul is correct. He just said, we're all saying the wrong thing. Rand Paul is right. That's mm-hmm. what he just said. And Bernie Sanders is right. Yes. But no, actually, we, need, we can't fix it, but we're going to fix it by getting involved, by doing the stuff we can't fix it with. That uh, For an hour and 20 minutes, all they talked about was getting involved in the Middle East, bombing, doing all the mm-hmm. shit. And then he's like, but that's foolish. Yeah. Correct. You're right, sir. Th- thank you. Finally. Thank you. I thought I was crazy. I got to be honest. I think I trust Rand Paul on foreign policy the most out of all the Republicans. I would agree with that, yes. And then I wrote, oh, and I skipped Kasich completely. <laughs> I just don't really have any Kasich stuff. All right. An hour and 30 minutes in. Christy answers a question about no fly zone in Syria. Uh, and Putin, like a tough guy, Rand Paul responds beautifully, I think. Um, and then I said, I can just choose where to stop this clip, but uh, let's just see what, uh, what the hell I'm talking about here. Governor Christie, 
If the U.S. imposed a no-fly zone over Syria and a Russian plane encroached, invaded that no-fly zone, would you be prepared to shoot down that Russian plane and risk war with Russia? Not only are we prepared to do it, I would do it. A no-fly zone means a no-fly zone. Wolf, that's what it means. See, maybe, maybe yes, because uh, I'm from New Jersey, mm. I just have this kind of plain language hang-up. But yeah, I'm from New Jersey too. I hate this guy. That's <laughs> the plain language. I hate you, Chris Christie. I would make very clear. I would not talk to Vladimir Putin. In fact, I would talk to Vladimir Putin a lot. I'd, I'd talk to him right in his face. I'd get in his face. I'd take a big bite of a, a, a Hardee's burger and I'd just spit ketchup and mayo uh. right into his mouth while I was tough talking him like a badass. Listen, Mr. President. There's no fly zone in Syria. You fly in, it applies to you. And yes, we would shoot down the planes of Russian pilots if, in fact, they were stupid enough to think that this president was the same feckless weakling that wow. the president we have in the <laughs> Oval Office is right now. Yeah, yeah, big tough talk. Feckless weakling. First of all, God, Joe, I'm sorry. Do you know what a problem is sometimes? What? Uh, someone might make an accident and fly into a no-fly zone. Yeah, of course. Just simply by accident. He fucked up. Right. Well, and Rand it happens. Pa- uh, and then World War Three happens. Yeah, for sure. And Rand Paul makes a similar point. Um, yeah, it's it's just crazy to say we're going to shoot down Russian planes. If we're working in that re- region to try to get something done, you got to work with Russia. So if they fuck up or they try to like be a little brazen against you, know, you're not going to f- fucking knock their plane down. Do you really think that getting into a, a an arms battle with Russia is a good At idea? At the moment, is ever it- is a good idea. It just sounds good, though, so you say whatever. Senator Paul. Senator Paul, I want you to respond uh, to what we just heard from Governor Christie. Uh, if there was a no-fly zone, you say that potentially could lead to World War III. Why? Well, I think if you're in favor of World War III, you have your candidate. <laughs> you know, here's the, here's the thing. My goodness, what we want in a leader is someone with judgment, not someone who is so reckless as to stand on the stage and say, yes, I'm jumping up and down. I'm going to shoot down Russian planes. Russia already flies in that airspace. It may or not, may not be something we're in love with the fact that they're there, but they were invited by Iraq and by Syria to fly in that airspace. And- All right, so whatever, we can no. stop there. But Rand Paul comes back and, and, and great, great job. I mean, he yes. tries to zing him. I wish this guy would get, gain a little more steam, Rand Paul. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to watch him, you know, get a more prominent place on, uh, in, in the debate stage. Uh, Trump complains about how CNN unfairly and unprofessionally brings him up in questions a lot, like where they go, like Donald Trump said this or mm-hmm. whatever, uh, which is absurd because that's that's all he's that's all he's been trying to do. Trump is just get involved. He, he goes, Lindsey Graham brought this up before he's like it's it's ridiculous poor guy like uh you know they keep bringing me up when they're asking him oh, shut up uh bushy picks his spot here goes in on trump it's an hour and 35 minutes in this is the we got three clips after this so i was i was i was mentioned so i can bring up something i think right Look, the simple fact is, if you think this is tough and you're not being treated this fairly, isn't tough and easy. imagine I wish what it's it, going to be like I dealing wish it with was Putin always or dealing with President Xi or dealing with the, the Islamic terrorism that oh, exists. Yeah. This is a tough business oh, to run yeah. for oh, president. Oh, no, you're a tough guy, Jeb. And, and we need to have a leader that is really <laughs> tough. You're never going to be president of the United States tough, by insulting yeah. your way to well, the president. Well, let's see. I'm at 42 and you're at 3. So, Doesn't so matter. far, I'm doing better. Doesn't matter. So far, I'm doing better. 
You know, you started off over here, Jeb. You're moving over further and further. Pretty soon you're going to be off the end. This does do a thing to solve the Shut up, Fiorina. See, but Trump, you might get a little boo there. That's the that's what Bush needed to do. He needs to flip the script on it and be like, mm-hmm. you know what, Donald? You, you look pretty comfortable in the center slot. Wait till after Iowa when I'm there and you're where I am right now. They make fucking bold predictions. Yeah. Put stuff out there. What difference do, does it make? All right. Couple more comments, three more clips, and then we're done with the show. Sound good? Sounds great. Cruz did a decent job of tacking back the crazy during this debate. He tried to come across more measured, still strong, but less zany. His poll numbers are improving, so he's acting more, quote, presidential. He's playing well, I think. CNN asked the question, what would you do about North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, who now claims he has a hydrogen bomb? You want to know what the answer is, Joey? Nothing, because he doesn't actually have a hydrogen bomb. That's the answer. They all gave answers about what they would do. He has a nuclear bomb right now. Uh, what are we going to do about that? Nothing, because they can't do anything with the nuclear bomb, really. Certainly not to us in the United States. So that's the answer. Well, what do you do about his nuclear bomb? But that's CNN putting out stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? That's doing the work for them. Exactly. Two hours, just a little over two hours. Chris Christie fields a question about China and cyber attacks. Interesting response. He's essentially calling for the U.S. to do what they hate WikiLeaks for. Plus, he says the U.S. doesn't hide things from its people, which is just ludicrous. Mm -hmm. The answer is based on such a false premise. It's scary. So let's see what uh, the overweight governor of New Jersey has to say here. If we don't get the military right, nothing else matters. Thank you, Dr. Carson. Uh, Dana and Hugh, you have some questions as well. Governor Christie, you've said if China launches a cyber attack against the U.S. on your watch, quote, they're going to see cyber warfare like they have never seen before. (laughs) What exactly would that response look like? I don't know. Well, what it would look like is we have one of the great advantages of America being the open society that we are, is we're not hiding things from the American people. Are you crazy? Can you believe that he would even say that? That's a dangerous man, that he would stand up there and be like, no, 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 no. Our government doesn't hide anything from the citizenry, except that whole secret spying program that we were talking about earlier. That didn't happen. Yeah, no. And it doesn't continue to happen. There's, there's no secrets. Iran-Contra. There's no... Ri- what, what are they, ah, TPP. It. Yeah. Well, what are they, what, why didn't he bring up Hillary Clinton there? Aren't they, don't they want her emails or secret emails? Those aren't secrets, right? No, not at all. But China every day is conducting business in a way that it hides things from their people. So if they want to come in and attack all the personnel records in the federal government, which they've done, and which they now have my social security number and my fingerprints, as well as maybe some other folks who are on this stage, the fact is they need to be fought back on. And what we need to do is go at the things that they are most sensitive and most embarrassing to them, that they're hiding, get that information, and then put it out in public. Is that what they hate? Snowden for WikiLeaks. He's saying that should be American. Oh, to that bring be it American to somebody's policy. attention, what's actually going on? Yes, that yeah. should be Americans. Um, that should be our policy. Snowden's a traitor, and he should be in jail. But that should be what we do to all the other countries. It's so. It's just amazing the 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 dissonance between what they say about one issue, what they say about another. The, never the never they should they meet. You know, hypocrites everywhere. Yeah, possibly. Uh, you know what would be absolutely genius debate format? There's an idea I have. Okay. I think it's a great idea. Shelby, you jump in on this if you think it's a good idea too. Have the moderators ask every question with fallacies and totally wrong facts in them, but ask them as though they're true and factual and see how many times a candidate corrects them or just goes along with it. It would be incredible to watch. Like you ask, you can't ben, play that game. Of course you could. You, you ask Ben Carson. You game. go. 
you know, everybody knows that in 1970, and you just make something up and then just ask a question and be like, well, what, are you, what are your thoughts about that, Senator, you know, uh, Dr. Carson? And then see if he's like, well, I don't think that actually happened, you know? You'd really get to see. And then on the bottom of the screen, you'd just pop up like, factually, this, this is what happened. actually happened. Right. Wouldn't that be, that'd be an incredible debate to watch. All of them would be screwed. Guaranteed. No. Paul they would, would be fine. Some of them would be okay, but a lot of them would just be like, yeah, of course we, we, we uh, you know, when we exploded the nuclear bomb in Asia in, in you know, 2006, <laughs> like what? They would just go with it because that seems like what a lot of them do. Yeah. Good they idea. have to go with it. I think it's a great idea. No, they wouldn't idea. have to go with it because- you, But you, they you, would never say, okay, you can do that. No, right. Well, of course, they would never agree to you it. You would have to run it past them, oh, you, you hire a crack team and just don't tell them it's going on. Uh, sure. Uh, if I'm the moderator- Maybe you get screwed. You don't get to do it again. But I, I would slip a few of those in every once in a while. Just see what they say. Who do you think would have the boss to do it? Anderson Cooper? The Silver Fox, Anderson Cooper? Yeah, maybe. Uh, no, what's her face? Uh, shit, who is the, who is the chick from this, the business one where she was like, listen, Mr. Trish. She had like the rav- raspy voice, Dana or something. Oh, the one he kept on getting in fights with? Yeah, Trump. I can't think. But anyway, but she, she would probably hit. She, would, she do would do it. it. Megan Kelly would do it. She seems ballsy. Yeah. Uh, second to last clip. Donald Trump confirms what I've been saying all along. This is what we've been talking about on this podcast. We've brought it up a number of times. They're worried that Hillary Clinton will win the White House because you run as an independent. Are you ready to reassure Republicans tonight that you will run as a Republican and abide by the decision of the Republicans? I really am. I'll be honest. I really am. I mean, people have been putting me the tracks. I really am. I could have won. So there you Lying. go. Donald Trump is not going to run as a third party. It'll cost him too much money. He's not really running for president now, but he got. He will never, ever sink, you know, a billion dollars into a campaign to run as a third. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. He's not really that interested in it. It's just something that sounds good. Plus, you look like a loser doing that, which he's not interested in. He wants yeah. everything to be gold-plated and like a winner. That's all he does. Ready for this? Yes. Final clip of this debate recap Jeb Bush flubs the closing statement like an idiot. He's frustrating to watch. I watched it, and I, I was just like, God damn it, Jeb. He, he's a frustrating guy. He easily could have jumped in all this, you know, jumped in and, and tried to leapfrog some of these people. He just blows opportunity after opportunity yeah. after opportunity. It's very frustrating. Let's finish with Jeb Bush uh, flubbing the His closing, closing statement. Ask yourself, which candidate will keep you and our country safer, stronger, and freer? Hillary Clinton has aligned herself with Barack Obama on ISIS, Iran, and the economy. It's an alliance doomed to fail. My proven record suggests that, and my, de- my detailed plans will, will fortify our national and economic security. And my proven record as governor makes, will give you a sense that I don't make false promises. I deliver real results. For America to be safe and sound, <laughs> I ask for your support. Thank you all very much. Yeah, it's just like That's the end of him. Yeah, it's just nothing. He just puts nothing out there. It's very, it's very frustrating to watch. Uh, Joey, thoughts on this Republican debate, which in no means was a great one. It wasn't no. that exciting, you know. But we got to go through it. The Samsonites appreciate it. I think. Uh, what do you got to say, Joey? Christie's the man. He did it. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're back on board with Christie. Christie's going to get the nomination. No, he is not. At three percent, he's going to get it. Oh man, he's he's three percent. Uh, you know, zapily in his blood. <laughs> um, that, I stole that from Sopranos. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I I really didn't see a clear winner in that debate. I mean, I, I think they all kind of 
sprayed it everywhere. Cruz, I guess, didn't do anything to hurt himself. Yeah, which gets you points. Right. Maybe maybe you see a, a tiny bump of Rand Paul. Fiorina's done for all intents and purposes. Carson did nothing. Uh, Rubio, nothing really. Got into kind of the same arguments he got in last time about you know, foreign policy with Rand Paul. There wasn't a ton of Rubio clips in there, if you'll notice, because no. there wasn't wasn't too much going on. So we'll see. Again, I think um, it's all just going to come down to when people actually get into a voting booth and get in there and we see what they have to do. Now, yeah. Is Iowa televised? What do you mean? Well, there'll be coverage all day of that stuff, yeah. So we get to watch them sweat it out? You'll see interviews throughout the day and things. You know, there'll be different uh, poll results coming in, mm. but it'll be at night, you know, by... Jesus, I mean, if, unless there has to be like some kind of recount or runoff or whatever, I mean, you'll see results. You'll see people, you know, whoever wins or loses, they'll be at it like 11 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, okay. probably giving, giving speeches. So we'll see what happens when that all goes down. Uh, any final thoughts here, Joey? Exciting uh, times. <laughs> you sound excited. Uh, listen, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Again, next week we're going to be recording on a Tuesday. No different for you guys. You'll be hearing it when it comes out, uh, you know, at midnight and the wee hours of Friday morning. But just so in case we miss anything like the rest of the week, that's why. Uh, but we'll talk to you. You know, you'll be hearing us the day after Christmas. That's really nice. I hope you guys had a good uh, good holiday. Democratic debate this Saturday. We'll be covering that. We'll do a bit of a recap, and I'll have some other stories we'll get into because I don't think there's going to be too much uh, new stuff from the Democrats. It's just three of them and really two of them if you want to. Yeah. You know, if you want to go that way again, please feel free to send us some emails, mandatory Samson at gmail.com. Uh, two weeks from now, the one that'll come out new year's day, Joey will have his, uh, you know, year in review. We'll have some stories, but if you guys have some, some questions, comments, whatever, email them. And that can be something that we do at the beginning of the episode. Uh, if you don't feel like doing that, don't worry about it, but maybe we'll just do a, tw- a 12 minute episode. Uh, <laughs> soundcloud.com slash mandatory samson youtube.com slash mandatory samson i'm on twitter as man samp joey is on twitter as joey from jersey with a z mandatory samson at gmail.com like i mentioned snapchat same uh usernames for both of us you can go to comedyvoices.com go check that out you guys can see the other podcasts that we're doing all the other stuff that's developing it's very good uh shelby thank you sir for producing the show we really appreciate it And uh, take care, everyone. We will talk to you next week. (laughs) 